Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. Yeah. The night that Romeo gets gets his chance, gets to do something and actually plays well, you don't show up. Then the night that you're ready to go, he doesn't play at all. You got to figure it out. Well, he played a little bit tonight, but he can't put the ball in the bucket, apparently. No. Well, I mean, oh, geez. Are you shocked by that one? <laughs> no, not at all. But it's, it was mainly, I mean, I was surprised at how much we saw Robert Williams play. I thought he had earned more minutes against the Nets, but when Matt and I were talking about it on, what was that, Wednesday, it yeah. just didn't seem like he'd done quite as much as Romeo had. And But then he, I mean, Timler looked, looked good. Wanamaker actually looked pretty good tonight too. I, I think everybody, like the, the eight guys that they relied on primarily tonight, I think they all looked good. Hayward, Ty, I mean, Tice was, Tice was huge in that was the second and first quarter. He had 11 points to the third and he, didn't score at all pretty much after at all after that, but he did his job. And I mean, the Celtics were on, but I think the Raptors were a little bit off. Scal was not giving them like, wasn't, wasn't being, I think fair and all that. I think that the Raptors, there was just something that wasn't right for them tonight too. They play last night. They did not play last night. I don't believe I'll pull up that schedule real quick. Even if it was the back to back, it's, I think this like if they play a hundred times, this is the one result where like both ways this happens. You know, one time the Raptors beat the Celtics by twenty-five, and then one other result out of a hundred, they lose by twenty-five. Mm-hmm. And whereas the other ninety-eight games are within five to you know ten points. So this it's hard to take a read after this game. Like you can't sit there and watch this game and say, oh. They're that much better than the Raptors. They're going to beat them in a series now. I'm not convinced of that so far. Like, they kicked their ass tonight, but, like, there's still some major questions with this team. But it was good to see Robert Williams get that playing time early. That's the big one. Like, Gwen was talking about it on OMF that he's like, I don't don't think they're going to play Robert Williams a lot. Like, they shouldn't play him a lot. He hasn't earned it. And I kept thinking, I'm like, why hasn't he earned it? Like, they gave him the run against a bad team. He played against two good centers and Jared Allen. 
and DeAndre Jordan. Like he played against. Well, Jordan's Jordan. not Jordan's not there, but he's but yeah, he did well against against Jared Allen. But I mean, he still hasn't shown that he can be the a great like on ball defender. He's good weak side defender. Obviously, he's a rim protector and everything. I, I agree with you. He deserved an opportunity to prove himself again. I just didn't expect he was going to do as well as he did and even on the offensive end. I mean, he did a turnaround jumper tonight. I was like, where, where, do you, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, you don't expect that at all. But no. I guess my point was, like, the playing time that he got, he'd shown he deserved it, a chance against a team like this, which the Raptors don't really have a low post presence. Like, Marcus Gasol can do that, but, like, He's going to be out on the perimeter. Like, he's going to be distribu- uh, distributing the ball. Like, he's not going to be backing guys down like Nurkic was or like other guys that have really hurt this team to mm-hmm. show where they have like a hole in an interior presence. Like, it's not going to happen with the Raptors. It's another game. The, so, like, it was a good fit for him to where he doesn't have to be on the low block guarding guy. His guy's going to be on the perimeter. So, when we're talking about defensive presence tonight, I think the guy who impressed me the most was Jalen Brown. Of course, we've seen him. We know he's a good defensive player and everything like that, but he was on Pascal Siakam. I mean, it had to be at least 90% of the day. I'm, I'm, I don't have those those metrics in front of me, nor do I really care to have them in front of me because my eyes told me the, the whole story. Pascal Siakam had trouble getting his shot the entire night. The only time he looked really good at all was when he got Jalen Brown in the low post, and that was – I want to say that was in the third quarter where he did that. And even then, I didn't see it a ton. 28 minutes, he only scored 11 points. That's That doesn't happen with him often. So that was one of the few things where, yeah, do I expect Pascal Siakam to have that happen to him every night against Jalen Brown? No, I don't. That, Like we said, where, you know, this is one of those nights then. But I still think that Jalen Brown, um, I, think, I think that's one of the few things we can kind of read into where – he's going to be able to give him fits in the postseason when they meet up because they're going to meet up in the postseason. There's, there's, uh, you know, if, if Ben Simmons is really in that much trouble where they don't know when he's going to come back, the Sixers are screwed. There's no way they're going to be able to survive the Celtics without him. As much as we dump on him all the time, they still need him for his defensive, defensive presence alone. No, it's that, that's probably one of the worst games Pascal Siakam has played since he's really had his breakout. Um, mm-hmm. But Dylan Brown, I guess like, you give him that target, and you say, you know, we don't really need a, need a whole lot from you offensively. We really just need you to lock down the number one guy. And if you do it, we're going to win the game. He did mm-hmm. tonight. I mean, what did they have? Fifty-seven points, like for uh, for Toronto through three quarters, they had nothing. Like they went off in the fourth quarter to make it respectable and hit a hundred. But I mean, that team like was all time bad. Like in yeah. terms of shooting percentage. A good thing to see though tonight, though Nick was that like the Celtics had been fouling a ton, a ton throughout this like restarted bubble stuff to the point where like they're bitching and it's not helping them, and they're calling more fouls against mm-hmm. them, it's not helping like. Nobody tonight was in foul trouble. They only shot, I think, point. who did the Raptors shoot? 17 rebounds or 17 uh, free throw attempts on the night, like 14 of 17, like almost nothing. Like So yeah. you're, not killing, you're not giving up free points to a team that is not shooting well. That's always the key. Like if a team's not shooting well, they're going to drive and try and get at the line. Celtics right. didn't send them there tonight. Like they did not get in free throw trouble or free throw, um, uh, get free opportunity. Free opportunities at the free throw line. Damn, the English language is hard sometimes. Hey, well, um, we're doing this at eleven thirty at night, so yeah. give yourself a little. I've break. had a few of these too, so it's like you know, uh, trying uh. to get these going. But um, <laughs> no, they 
there were some promising things to take away from they're not 22 points better than the Raptors. I don't even know if I would pick them in a seven-game series to beat the Raptors right now, but everything you wanted to see and you were expecting to hope to see from tonight's game, you saw as a Celtics fan, so you have to be mm-hmm. you know, optimistic going forward. Yeah, you ha- we, we needed to see this. We absolutely needed to see this because after what happened with the Heat, it was just like in, in the Blazers game before that, I was like, what the hell is going on right now? So I was... I'm satisfied with what we saw tonight. Obviously, it's a great win for the Celtics, but we're we're looking at the long game. We're looking at what is this going to mean in the postseason. The rotations were good tonight too. Um, I thought I, I think the biggest thing. Look, the Celtics ended up shooting. What was it? I think 49 percent. Yeah, 49 percent even um, on on the night, and I mean, and then 34.8 percent from three. But they, it just felt like at times they could not miss. Like before the subs came in at all, because I was, I kind of stopped paying attention at that point in the game. I mean, even actually, what am I saying? Even Shemi, when he came in, he scored 11 points like out of nowhere. He's definitely trying to show that he can do some stuff he's, offensively. Shemi's pressing. Get back threes. Like, he's, come on. He's, I, he's pressing. But I don't but, like Jimmy Ojoe's game, but when he's hitting step back threes in transition, like, you know, it's the Celtics night. Yeah. That, and that's the thing. It's like they, as much as they were getting in the face of the Raptors, they were just they were shooting really well. I, I think the Celtics do a pretty good job of getting decent looks most of the time, and they did that tonight. And then they were just knocking them down. There are some nights where they don't do that. And also, this was on a night too. I felt like Gordon Hayward played well. I didn't feel like he did anything crazy, but he had his moments where he had an impact. Like I remember there was that one drive in transition, and and I think he got ended up getting to the line. He only finished with nine points tonight. He had nine rebounds, and I think he only had a handful of assists. He only had two assists, but I still felt like that he had a presence on the floor, and that's something where we've, whenever we've seen him put out a low scoring total, I feel like he's not making an impact. I don't know he's out there, but I felt like he was there tonight. Are we? Uh, should we be concerned about Marcus Smart? I've been concerned about him. Through, He's through. done nothing since like the game they lost to the Bucks in the, mm-hmm. the first restarted game. He's been horrible. I mean, are you talking Fallon both offensively and defensively, or just offensively? offensively or? I mean, offensively is what we're talking about. Defensively, he's been fine. He, I mean, I see. I haven't felt great about his defense until tonight. I mean, it's not. It's not a biggest. It's not one of my biggest concerns. But like the foul out of the game in 16 minutes, like everyone's like, "Oh, well, he fouled out." There, he had a few cheap fouls. Well, still, like you don't put yourself in that position. I'm sorry. Agreed. He's, not, he's giving you nothing on the offensive end. Yes. And tonight, tonight he had some like weird pull up threes and transition like off. Oh, of there were a couple. Of, I I out loud. What are you doing? Second and third quarter, he had some really bad shot attempts. Like that's the Marcus Smart I don't like. Like. Take take them when it's you know two three extra passes off the dribble. You're spotting up your feet under you. You're not Marcus Smart off the dribble three is always a bad shot. Always yeah, always. it is. But I I think that I'm trying to pull up the stats right now to see how many shots he ended up taking tonight because I felt like early on there were he forced it a couple times, but one then as things eight. progressed, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. One for um, eight, over five. He took eight shots tonight. Yeah, he missed all of his. Wow, three. I did not. I did not feel like he took eight shots tonight. Because I guess it's just because everybody was shooting so well. No, that's a problem. If he's gonna go, if you're gonna take eight shots and he's and he's shooting that miserably, I mean, you got you got to stop at some point. I get the shooter's mentality, but let's be honest. You know, Marcus, you, you should know that 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 when you're off, that's not your role, and just well, step out of it. 
Yeah, I don't I don't care about it's on him. Brad too. That's on Brad too. Thousand yeah. percent. See, I don't care about the about the eight shots. I don't care about him shooting eight. He's if he shoots eight good shots, fine. Like he doesn't shoot good shots. He shoots like early in the shot clock. Like he's never saying to himself, "Is this the best shot we can get on this mm-hmm. possession?" And for a point guard to not have like that kind of thought process and just kind of like he has a green light in his mind apparently. Like he thinks he's Steph Curry. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I have a sliver of space. I'm gonna fire it up there. Like mm-hmm. Marcus, no. Like maybe a shot fake and then go to the you know go to the paint and dump it off to Robert Williams or Jalen Brown who's cutting to the rim. Jalen right. Brown without the ball, by the way, has been awesome. Like really good without. He's the ball. best player, best Celtics player in the bubble right now. Yeah. It's not even close. It's not even close. Tatum has has gotten back on track. Um, he still has his moments where he, you know has a lull, but he's only he's human. It happens. But Jalen Brown, it seems like even when he's not on, because what was it, the Blazers game, right, where he didn't shoot that well? I think it was, or was it the Heat game? One of those nights he didn't really shoot all Blazer that well. Game. It was a Blazer game, but he still, I still felt like he had an impact. He was still aggressive, and he's still like the the opposing defenses have to plan for him. And right now, it feels like he's the number one guy they're planning for. Because you said it yourself, right? He he did most of the defense, and it wasn't. Not as much offense. He finished with twenty points, and I think he shot fifty percent from the floor. So like he he's still getting that, you know, and, and, and leading the Celtics, right? Because Tatum had eighteen, Kemba had seventeen, Wanamaker had fifteen. That's why Matt's not on with us tonight because Wanamaker had fifteen points, and he actually looked good. Like, yeah, nights he looks fine. Yeah, I know. We had a caller to the radio show, I think today, maybe yesterday, who said he's concerned about Jalen Brown being so streaky, and then. It, all basketball players are streaky, but like the bit, the other concern he brought up was his lack of assist numbers. He only had two tonight. Um, he plays a crap ton of minutes, and for a guy that gets in the lane a ton, he think he might would he might get more assists. He, I mean, Brett Jalen. Yeah, that's not really a concern that I have, but like no, for a guy who does get in the lane a ton and shoots as much as he does, like Tatum, I feel like has been getting more assists lately, whereas Jalen Brown's kind of been going the other way. Well, see, I don't mind it with Tatum as much because sometimes he struggles to draw fouls. But I remember at the at the beginning of the season, one thing that w- w- Brad was asked about was guys getting to the free throw line more because everybody's nobody's numbers really look good in eighteen nineteen. But I think Jalen Brown led the Celtics in free throw attempts that year. Maybe it was Kyrie, but I think it was Jalen Brown, but either way he was up there and Brad said, he's the one guy who actually does a pretty good job of it. So I I get your point where you would think maybe he gets more assists, but he does a pretty good job of getting to the line, drawing contact. And he, and he's pretty strong on his finish too. I mean, obviously he's not trying to dunk over guys like he used to. So yeah, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, if he's getting to the line and he's shooting well at the line, then, then I don't necessarily care if he's, if he's dishing it out. Yeah, I think it's he, kind of a, one of his strengths. In his last 100 minutes in the court, he has four assists. Yeah, this is this like is not his style. That's got to be a little more, right? And that's probably why we're sometimes we don't see if you don't see him get the ball is because you know he if they know if he's getting the ball, it's going up. He has 50 and, shot attempts and four assists in the last three games. But he's shooting well, so no, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's shooting well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the Miami game he struggled. I had it backwards. So yeah, Miami game. Either yeah, way, Portland game before that he was pretty good. But yeah, yeah no, Jalen Brown. Like Tatum's picked up where he left off. Like we know who Tatum is. Like he's been very good. He's well, he's caught up. He struggled he, a little bit at he, first. Yeah, Tatum. I mean, yeah, he, he he's definitely eased into it. But like he picked up where he's left off as like a top 15, 20 player. 
Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, who obviously, like, I've, if you listen to this podcast, I've always been high on. I love Jalen Brown. I, at the beginning of the year, I think I said I would take Jalen Brown over Tatum. I still wouldn't do that. I mean, I'd probably go back on that now, but you have to admit that like that gap is now like starting to to get slimmer a little bit because Jalen Brown is like, like you said, like he's getting treated like a number one option on this team. Right. And the more he can do that, the better it is for guys like Gordon Hayward and Kim Walker and and Tatum himself. Like the better Jalen becomes, the better it is for the rest of these scoring options to get easier looks. Yeah. With their best lineup out there. If they can turn it into instead of the Kemba Tatum show, turn it into the Jalen Tatum show in Fire and Ice, I guess whatever. Then that, that's I think that's the ideal situation. Tatum is still going to be the guy who creates more, but Brown has been better about slashing. I think he's not waiting around as much, and I thought he he'd already looked better earlier in the year as compared to last season. I, I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. But now, especially in the bubble, it just seems like he, like you said, you said it earlier, he's moving around without the ball much better than he has um, previously at, at any point in his Celtics career. And one other quick aside too, that I just wanted to mention about the Raptors, they had a lot of ugly turnovers tonight too. Just random passes that looked like it fell right in the lap of Kemba, Marcus Smart, a couple other guys too. And, don't get me wrong, the Celtics were moving around well, but it seemed like they made a lot of bad decisions. And again, that's just, again, where Scal says, this is more about the Celtics imposing their will. Yes, the Celtics did do a good job of that. It felt like they set the tone. But the Raptors just, it seemed like they were playing with their heads up their asses the entire night too. No, I mean, you've played in blowout games. I think in any sport, when you're getting your ass kicked, like you start. Even before that though, Ty. I'm saying there's like second yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah. Before that, they were they were they were making some uncharacteristic plays, and I don't know what to talk it up to. I don't think this Celtics team became you know went from a, a team struggling with communication issues and rotations throughout the first four or five games to now becoming an elite defense. And I, I don't believe that, but mm-hmm. there were obviously changes made. Like they were really struggling on simple ass like dribble handoffs and figuring out like who's taking the guy who takes the ball after the handoff and like simple stuff like that. Like, yeah. Duncan Robinson and um, Tyler Hero were getting like three after three. I mean, they didn't go off for yeah. a percentage against the, the oh, Celtics, Those were simple ass breakdowns over like nothing in terms of like you're not drawing up a crazy play. It's just simple one-on-one like handing it off, dri- like mm-hmm. give and go. Just bad communication. That stuff was fixed tonight. So yeah, it's one game. You want to see it going forward, but who do they play next? Who's, who's next? Yeah, I was going to say they got, the, they got the Magic next. That's on Sunday at 5. I like that matchup for them because, I mean, the Magic are whatever. This is one of the teams that we said this was a – hey, actually, you know what? We I was talking about this with Matt um, after the Nets game, and he actually said that he could see the Celtics beating the Raptors because they hadn't lost yet. The, the Celtics can still get the over on the five-and-a-half wins inside the bubble because they beat the Raptors tonight. Still in play. Still in play. So, yes, yeah, so they got the Magic next. They don't have Jonathan Isaac because he got ACL. Uh, he tore his ACL. Got surgery, actually, the same day we were recording the show. Of course, I mean, I'm picking the Celtics against the Magic nine times out of ten. Well, did you hear that earlier this uh, earlier tonight on TNT, Chuck gave out a winner to America. He's like, America? He's like, Orlando, plus five. Take it. They're going to win. They Plus five, they can't lose. They lost by seven tonight. So, Chuck gave out a loser to America. <laughs> He, I mean, it's not a bad pick. Orlando's been playing really well lately. I think they they like uh, beat some team by like, they 
they gave out an ass whooping to some team earlier this week, and they won by like twenty. Um, but yeah, Orlando should have won tonight. I mean, they, they played a bad oh the Sixers, yeah, you know, Sixers team, and they they lost. So the Sixers, man, they don't have. I, look, we dump on Ben Simmons all the time, but they need him. He's an important piece, no matter what, especially on the defensive end. He makes a big difference. You don't have him. It's it's like it's much similar to the the, the Pacers not having Victor Oladipo. So I'd rather I'd, the Celtics are in a good spot right now if they can get the Sixers in. If Simmons is out for a couple games, that changes things a lot. And obviously, we saw the good sign tonight where you know they're not dead yet. Did you hear Draymond talking about Joel Embiid? No, I saw someone tweet out though that Draymond said that Brad Wanamaker's head is too big for his body. Though I don't know if that's actually a real thing. That's probably true. That's um, it's, yeah, Chris Grenham from from said that. Yep, biggest head in the NBA by far. So there you go. Different Draymond quote, and it's so true. He's like, man, I I'm just so happy whenever Joel Embiid decides decides to shoot jumpers because that guy, like, he should be like Shaq, just back to, back guys down, and he's gonna get a layup like every time. Mm-hmm. And so when he's shooting a jumper, he's just bailing out his you know his defender and the other team every time he shoots it. I'm so happy. Like, essentially, I'm summing up what he said, but like. That's how you have to feel if you're guarding Joel Embiid. He's like, right. if Joel Embiid's going to sit outside on the arc and shoot threes, like people, people call Joel Embiid lazy. It's because of that. Like, it's not like he doesn't like go to the gym and work. It's like right. he chooses to take possessions off and sit on the arc and shoot threes when he could be getting 25 and 15 every night down low playing like Shaq. You right. know? So exactly. I don't mind the occasional three from Embiid, like in transition or whatever, but he's trailing the play. Dude should be on the block. Like exactly. Super talented hands and feet. Get him down on the block and he's unstoppable. And he's so I mean, he's so dense in the the, the nether regions. I mean, dude, I mean, how are you gonna he's gonna back that ass up and you you're not stopping him. It doesn't matter who you are. You have to be the same size as Embiid. Who's the who, who's the same size as him? Gobert? I feel like Gobert's even twenty pounds lighter than him. Can we tweet that out from the five account? Nick Fryer, he's so dense. Back that ass up. Yeah, sure. You tweet whatever you want out. I'm not tweeting it out. You got to do it. All right. So that means we will be talking to everybody on Saturday after the Magic game that starts at 5. You got anything else before we get going? No, no. I'm ready to drink some more beer. All right. We'll talk to you all on Sunday. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.